Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Crimes, Killers, Cults. And beer. And beer. It's just yeah. two crazy Florida men sitting around drinking beer and talking about true crime. Yep. Like we always do. And the fact that it's two Florida men talking about these crazy crimes makes the whole thing even just a, maybe just a little bit crazier. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, that's Todd. It's definitely fun. And that's Bill. What were you saying? I was just saying, no, it was fun. You know, it's fun. Yeah. You know, whether whether it makes it crazier or not that we're Florida men, too, I don't know. But it's fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, anyway. what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm still, I'm back on the rum and coke thing, dude, because it's what I have at the house right now. I didn't make it out to, I didn't. Well, when I was shopping, I forgot to buy beer today, so. Well, okay. Well, that, that means less but piss you know. breaks. Well, for me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I am drinking Bud Light. <laughs> of course you are. So, you know, it's, for me, it's been a good week, but... For other people, it wasn't. I mean, this week, you know, we we lost like three, you know, awesome people. Yes, we did. Unfortunately. Yeah. The the first was Jeff Beck, a legendary guitar player. Yes. Um. Jeff Beck was your is your favorite guitar player's favorite guitar player. Just exactly. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and then we had um, Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah. I was kind of shocked to hear about that one. She was only 54. She was kind of young still, or youngish. Yeah, but it it was one of it was one of a few things, I guarantee it, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about reasons why. <laughs> um and then, and then the last one, the most recent one, these all happened in less than a week, was Robbie Knievel. Robbie Knievel. Man. Yeah, he died of pancreatic cancer. And yeah. I think that and Jeff Beck died of old age. Um, but he had, uh, he had, Now, he had something. There was something wrong with him, too, but I don't remember what it was, and I'm yeah. not going to look it up because it's not important. But he was in his 80s, though. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he had a good life. Right. But Robbie died of um, pancreatic cancer, and it you know, sucks because I, I wish he had gone out on a motorcycle stunt like his dad did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been more appropriate for him because, I mean, dude, he pretty much picked up his dad's mantle and just ran with it. Well, I can remember uh, d during a televised stunt that Robbie Knievel did back in the 90s, and Evil Knievel was there with him, and Evil, Evil Knievel's like, th this is when, like, Robbie Knievel's just first starting to get big and starting to make a name for him, him you know, like his own legacy. Mm -hmm. But, but I can remember Evil Knievel saying, "This is my son. I'm proud of him, and I, I, I don't want to go down in history as the world's greatest daredevil. I want to go down in history as the father of the world's greatest daredevil." And I think he got his wish, honestly, because Robbie Knievel pulled off some amazing stuff. Yeah, he did. Holy crap! 
I mean, he jumped the Grand Canyon on a freaking motorcycle. Yeah, that's something. That's something that Elon tried to do in that little rocket ship thing, which I had the toy of when I was a kid. Oh, who didn't? <laughs> I know, dude. I, dude. I had all the Evil Knievel stuff when I was a kid because, dude, he was just a badass, dude. He was like, dude, I want to grow up and be Evil Knievel. And then, then you get a little bit older and realize that, dude, he's broken every bone <laughs> yeah. in his body. Twice. Many, many, <laughs> many times. times yeah. yeah. At, at least, uh, yeah, more. Yeah, twice, if not more. And it's like, maybe I don't want to be Evil Knievel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a good thing that he was a millionaire because his, the insurance companies probably weren't going to touch him. Same yeah, thing. no, yeah, yeah. If, dude, we can't insure you. You're you're guaranteed that something's going to happen to you. Right. There's no way you're getting insurance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so R.I.P. Jeff Beck, Lisa Marie Presley, and Robbie right. Knievel. Yes. You were good people, and you will be missed. Absolutely. Now, I can think of somebody else who probably isn't going to be missed after she after her 15 minutes of fame goes up, or up. Have you heard of uh, Megan Hall? No, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, well, I don't have the article in front of me, but I've read, I've read it, so I'm going to paraphrase, basically. She was a police okay. officer. Well, she, she was a police officer in a little town in Tennessee, and... She and several of the officers on the force were fired recently due to an investigation. Turns out that that Megan, you know, she had a little bit of a wild a, a wild side. <laughs> she um, right on. She probably had sex with um with. Uh, well, they 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 say they say that um, they say that she it's known that she had sex with twelve of the twelve members of the police force. Twelve at the same time. Four or five of them at the same time. In the, oh well, there you go. And some of and some of these encounters even happened like on duty hours at the police station. Oh well, there we go. And she was married. You know, she told everybody that she had an open marriage and, you know, just like the whore around and everything. And Right. <laughs> but. Wow. That's, yeah. And this is a cop. This is somebody who's uh, entrusted to uh, protect and serve. And she's more like. Uh, protect and get service. Suck. Suck and fuck, huh? <laughs> yeah. Protect and get serviced. <laughs> yeah. Or service and, yeah. <laughs> There's all that. <laughs> There's Man. every bit of that. But they had, a, um, you know, 12, 12 police officers out of that police force were fired. So they're like, um, they're like, you know, we're, we're down, um, you know, we've, we've lost like literally 5% of our police force. Because of the, because of the situation. Wow. Damn. When you, I mean, when you when you say twelve people, it doesn't. It's like okay, yeah, she's just a you know she she's just you know it, it's 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 wrong, but it's just twelve people. 
But then when you say yeah. we've lost five percent of our police force, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's um, that's kind of tough, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did. I don't know. And a lot. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> Well, you know, whatever. I, you know, whatever. I mean, I can't judge. I can't judge. I mean, I can judge her for. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, dude, you're a cop, dude. You can't do that shit. You know. Yeah, I mean, do it on your own time. If, yeah, if, on your own time is fine. Yeah, dude. If you do it on your own time, no big deal. Who cares? Right. But I mean, that's yeah, between yeah, that's dude. between you and your husband, and and the the officers and the wives of said officers who. You know that that's between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally, dude. and if but, it yeah. and if it becomes brought if it if there's some blowover over it, blowover. <laughs> <laughs> if there's some blowover on it because of the um because of the situation and you know other spouses and stuff like that. You know, as long as that shit doesn't come into the police station, then you know, no worries. But yeah. the, but the minute that comes into the police station, then. Yeah, exactly. Bye no, bye. You, you fucked up. You fucked up your fucking job, basically. You know, that ain't right. I mean, let's see. Let's say they're having their little orgy, and they're the only cops in the in the precinct. A call comes in. Well, yeah. Well, are they no, going to get no. dressed and go do it, or are they going to finish what they're doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. Saw some anyway. pictures. Saw some pictures of her out of her police uniform. And good-looking girl. Yeah, she is not unattractive. I'm looking it up right now because I never knew. But yeah, she is not unattractive. That's for mm -hmm. sure. I feel sorry for her husband because you know, looking at that guy, I see. I seriously doubt that he was okay with it, whether they had an open relationship or not. It's like, baby, when I said open relationship, I didn't mean. The entire county. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but you know, dude, some some women. I mean, and don't get me wrong, dude. I'm not just when when a guy and when a married couple when they agree to be in an open relationship, it always works out better for the woman than it does for the man. True. And that I mean, and that's just the way it is. Because uh, never mind, I'm not going to go into why, but that's just the way it is. Trust right. me, I speak from experience. <laughs> yeah, the woman gets to have more fun than the man does. Yeah, it just that's just the way it works. Yeah, but anyway, but, not the point. Right. And we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight we're covering the truer murders. And they were a a spree of a serial killer in Australia between nineteen seventy six and nineteen seventy seven. Um only a year? All right. Less than a year, several months. Um, several young women were brutally raped and murdered, and the killer, a man named Christopher Worrell and his accomplice James Miller, Miller committed, <laughs> committed one of the worst serial killing sprees in Australia's history. Oh, wow. The source for this episode is, um, and I'm just going to say it right now, this this is the official true crime author of Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beer, Ryan Green. <laughs> right on. 
Love his, love his work, love his books, and has been sources of several of our episodes. The source, the true, the true, God, true row. See, I've I've written this word, sev- you know, like so many times and everything in these notes and everything, but I've never actually said it. So yeah, many- dude, that's a tough word, true row, dude. That's like a weird. There's like <laughs> too many R's in that. Yeah, the true row murders, the the sex killing spree through the eyes of the accomplice by Ryan Green. Oh, the accomplice, nice. Yeah, the book is from, like I said, from the perspective of James Miller. Um, therefore, this this ep, you know, this epi- episode is going to as well. I haven't listened. I, this is the first I've heard of this case. I haven't listened to any podcasts about about him about the true murders or whatever. So um, I was flying blind on this. I'm not, you know, just not going, you know, just just going into it. Never having heard the story before, and it's a good one. Cool. So, All right. Worrell and Miller met in prison and developed a dom-sub relationship. Um, Worrell was the dom, and Miller was the sub. And Worrell had sadistic urges toward women, and, and Miller, but Miller, he was in love with Worrell. So, oh. so he did whatever Worrell asked, and... Worrell played Miller like a fiddle. Ah, all right. And also, Miller wasn't all that bright either. Uh, Well, you know, that's not his fault. No. So, James... maybe it is, I don't know. (laughs) So, James Miller was born on February 2nd, 1940, and he grew up in rural Australia, and he was gay, which is not a very good situation to be in at all. Yeah, he had to stay in the closet. I, huh? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. In in rural Australia, yeah, you, you can't be. Right. I mean, so, and, I, and don't get me wrong, dude. It's just rural Australia, that's a tough place, dude. And rural Australians, dude, I know some, I know people from Australia, dude, and they're like, they're manly men. I mean, like, dude, like Crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. That is not that exaggerated. How bad oh, I know. he was. <laughs> Believe me, I know. And um, I mean, there, some of it, some of it was a little bit, but not much. Yeah. So he, I mean, think, think hardcore rancher Texas mentality. Yeah. So he had to stay in a closet and basically live a lie. Yeah, his family was dirt poor. And James was one of five kids, and the kids were neglected, and they went hungry frequently. And as a kid, he ran away a lot and became known to the police as a nuisance. And uh. and as as a result, like he would get brought back home by the police, and that would cause him to get beat a lot. So yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So he struggled in school, and he was. He was shipped to the McGill Reformist, the McGill Reformatory School for what? <laughs> White boys? <laughs> nope, but probably, but Protestant boys. Close Protestant enough. boys, all right. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, had to go there. I uh, know. That's why I set you up. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <clears throat> Things didn't get better there, but this was when he discovered his sexuality. And he floated through school, and when he was able, 
he left with no education and no hope for the future. So, mm. what do you think he did next? Uh, well, let's see. He had no education and no hope for the future. So he probably, uh, what, started uh, selling his tail on the street? Nah, he never did that. He, he started stealing. You know, he, he would steal anything from bread to a car, you know, basically whatever it took. You know, All right, if, well, there's it, that too. Yeah. If, if it wasn't food, he was, if it wasn't food that he was stealing, if it was anything other than food, he would sell it. Now, right on. So at 20, at age 20, he had been convicted 30 times for a car theft, larceny, breaking and entering, purse snatching, and theft. But he wasn't violent. In fact, he hated violence and he would be re released from jail and he would go right back to, you know, robbing and he never learned his lesson, but it was all he could do to, to survive. I mean, man's got to eat, right? Yeah, man's got to eat. So this became James's routine. All right. I can't do a Morgan Freeman. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Steal, get caught, go to jail or prison, get released, rinse and repeat. Yep. That was James's routine. <laughs> it never I changed. Know. It never changed until He got, and I swear to God, this is his name. He got Christopher Robin Worrell as a cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Oh, poo. <laughs> oh, poo. But he was he was much younger than James. He was slim. He was rugged. He was very good looking. James was in love. And he right, had, Worrell had been arrested for the violent rape of a young woman while out on parole while well, while he was out on parole for armed robbery so chris immediately notices james interest in him so he let james in and they quickly started to get close yeah you know, chris told james that his side of the rape conviction he said that the conviction would be overturned because it was consensual sex and the woman was just too drunk to remember Enjoying it. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's the 70s. Oh, yeah. All right. In rural Australia. Well, so, okay. So the judge didn't see it that way. He told Chris, basically, that he was a piece of shit. <laughs> Not right on. Good for you, Judge. <laughs> not literally, but um, well, you know what I mean. So the the judge didn't see it that way. He told Chris that he was a depraved and disgusting human being, and the the woman in question was a teenage hitchhiker who he had picked up and raped in his car. Oh boy. So James was released, but he quickly found himself um, back there for burglary. He had purposely allowed himself to get caught because he missed Chris and 
who was serving six years. It didn't work out that way. And but James was released after a couple months into you know into his sentence, but fate would intervene and Chris's sentence was commuted due to overcrowding and Chris tracked James down. And right. the band was back together. And the band was back together. The band. <laughs> and they moved to Adelaide. Oh, to Adelaide. Nice. I that's, guess. A cool, that's a cool name, I think, for a city. Adelaide. Yeah, I like it. So, they both got jobs because there's bills to pay. They got something they can't take away. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just popped in there. I didn't even have that written down. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you see. I know you said that they both got jobs because there's bills to pay, and I'm like, oh god, here comes a song. <laughs> <laughs> so they they um, they got an apartment together, but um, but James thought that it would turn into something more. You know, Chris was always bringing women home from the bars, and he was always banging. He was always banging them and everything. And James <laughs> grinned and grin and bore it. Like he'll come around, he'll he'll right. he'll see he'll see the big beef steak that of uh, James jerky that I've got here for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But all Chris wanted to do was drink and bang as many women as he could. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you know. And we're gonna we'll get to this, but dude had game. He had some serious, freaking serious game. Right on. We'll get to. I mean, (sighs) I wish I had a tenth of of his game. I mean, not for the same reasons that he used his game for, but I just wish I had a tenth of, Mm. hell, a twentieth of his game. (laughs) But Chris was simply gaslighting James, stringing him along. Making him think that there was a chance that there, that they could be something together sometime. Right. Chris had an addiction to S and M porn, and he would bring home magazines. And James wasn't in, into it, but the drunker that Chris got, the the bolder he got. He started with masturbating in front of James, and demanding, and then then started demanding. That James satisfy him with some oral magic. Oh. Well, on that part, Chris didn't have to ask twice. <laughs> you know, just, ah, gimme, 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 gimme the bone. Mm-mm. I, I won't spit out that bone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Metallica's wrong. Yeah. I know. But I got you. Yeah. It was a step in the right direction, but everything that Chris knew about sex was what he had learned from the BDSM magazines, which in the 70s were a lot more exploitive and abusive than they are now. And he believed that the rape fantasies that were printed in in these magazines were, were real. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, you can't do that, dude. I mean, all that shit's just made up shit just to get you fucking hot. And you don't fucking... Yeah. There's no way that shit's real. Uh-uh. I mean, dude, I mean, dude if it was real, nobody would be writing about it in a fucking magazine, dude. I mean, like, the real shit is... Yeah, I mean, dude, <sighs> you're not gonna... Yeah. I mean, what 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 person, you know, man or woman in their right mind would would actually send something to a magazine just basically saying, "I want to be, you know, beaten to a bloody pulp," and you know, and yeah, exactly, nobody. And the, the videos that you can find of that, the real videos that you can find of that, like on online, are pretty much only available on the dark web. Yeah, Which, but you know, dude, it's been my experience that the actual, the true BDSM, like the real life stuff, is. I mean, dude, it's all consensual for one thing. And the safe word. Yeah, and there's a safe word, but but there there are rules. There there are still rules. It's like, okay, you can smack me, you can do this, you can do that, but. Dude, if you fucking punch me in the face or draw blood or do shit like that, dude, yeah, we're done. It's over. Right. You know, dude, I mean, like, dude, and these stories that they tell in the magazines and stuff are just, like, extreme fucking cases that would never happen in real life. Because real life people that are into that, they're not into that fucking extreme violence like that. It's all... <clears throat> and the, it's, and all the, it's all controlled. It's all... Controlled, consensual. I mean, dude, even like, dude, if somebody has a rape fantasy, dude, and like if, like if you as a guy have a rape fantasy and you find a girl that's into that, you can do that, but there are still fucking controls. There are still things right. that you can and cannot do, and you have to abide by that. You know, I mean, dude, that's, there's rules. There's rules to everything, unless you're like just really a rapist and you don't right. care about that shit, but you know what I mean. Anyway, well, I'm, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Um, so Chris would give James just enough to keep him around, and whenever James would try to initiate anything, Chris would have a headache. And, oh, of course. <laughs> and then J James started to see how fucked up Chris really was, but he didn't care because he was smitten. Yeah. And while they were staying out of trouble because they were on parole. But that wouldn't last long. You know, Chris would have um, James take him to gay bars where they would entice men back to their place and rob them. And the, the men never reported it because Chris had said that he would out them on their sexuality if they did. You know, because like I said, <laughs> rural Australia mm -hmm. in the 70s. Yeah. Hey, I saw you at the gay bar. Oh, maybe you did, but what are you doing at the gay bar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like in the uh, Ron Dom episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nothing, dude. I'm not, dude. I wasn't at the gay bar. Oh yeah. You sure? I was on my. I was on sure my. I saw you there. I was on my way to the titty bar and I saw your car. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know what though, dude. I heard the gay bars have the best draft beer, so I came by just for a beer. And dude, and that and that's actually a true story. I did hear that. I heard that the gay that gay bars have the best draft beer. You heard that. I did. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> of course you don't. 
<laughs> but I, I heard that, so I'm just putting that out there. Okay, I don't we'll, know. we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, I mean, seriously, if they have the best draft beer or not, how the hell do you entice a straight man into a gay bar to get turned? We got the best draft beer ever. You know what I mean. Anyway, not the point. Moving on. So the brewers are going to be like, okay, there's good stuff here that's going to the gay bars, but this other, st- the, all the rest of the bars and everything, they're getting the, they're getting the, slightly, you know, it, it might have like a dead rat or some urine in it or something I, like that. I, 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 yeah, it could be that. I mean, I was always under the impression that the the gay bars just took better care of their draft systems than like straight bars do because you know nobody cares. Yeah, true. But I, but I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I seriously, I don't. Well, like know. you go to, so you I'm go to. Saying, I heard that. That's all I heard, dude. I don't, you, I don't know. you know what? You know what? Draft beer gives you a hangover, like at, at some of these, especially <sighs> at some of these dive bars that don't clean their lines. It's because, it's because they they do they they they'll run a cleaning solution, a chemical through their the lines to clean them, and everything. But it's but it's that it's those cleaning solutions that give you the. The, such a bad hangover on draft beer. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if you buy a keg, if you buy a keg of beer and you hook it up at, at a tap at your house and everything and you clean the um, the lines every time you do it, it's going to be just like drinking beer out of a can. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to have, like, this excruciating hangover or anything like that. But when they, when they pump these chemical these cleaning chemicals through and they don't flush them, you know, it gets into there, and that's what that's what happens. Like, if you go to, like, say, Bush Gardens, and you just get yes. loaded on the beer there, you will not have, like, a murderous hangover like you would if you drank at, you know, say, the Straw Hat. Um, <laughs> the Straw Hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you, but, bro. I know but, where you're uh, going with this. Yeah. But so... But every night at Bush Gardens, and somebody somebody that worked there told me told me this. Um, every every night at Bush Gardens, um, those lines are flushed with pressurized hot water. No chemicals, just flushed with pressurized hot water. All right. So uh, it's like I I can remember it's just like I I've got I've been to Bush Gardens and got a draft beer from there. I'm just like, damn, this is fucking good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, dude. Bush Gardens got good beer. But I mean, dude, they're they're an Anheuser Busch fucking brewery, dude. So of course they have oh, yeah. good beer. Right. Of course they take care of their shit. Well, it, it was the stuff that was it was the stuff that was brewed like a week prior. Yeah. Anyway, dude, I had I had a I had a really good fucking stout at Bush Gardens, and I don't like stout beers at all. Yeah. But this one was fucking really good, bro. And, dude, I was just like, I was amazed. And, like, dude, and it was a local brewed beer. I'm like, dude, where can I get this? And it's like, well, it's only available, like, here and here. And I'm like, well, god damn it, dude. I want this. This is delicious. This yeah. is way better than fucking Guinness. Yeah, I Guinness don't, I don't like stuff here. balls. <laughs> I didn't either until I tried that one, bro. <clears throat> that one was fucking awesome, dude. I hate Guinness, dude. Guinness tastes like fucking cold motor oil. <laughs> to me, I know a lot of people love Guinness, and if y'all love Guinness, that's fine. I have not. I have no problem with you liking Guinness one bit. I just I don't because dude, that shit. Oh, that's just awful. That's god awful. Yeah, in my opinion, and you know. So- 
Take my opinion for what it's worth. Hashtag, but we digress. Although, this is the first time we've ever actually had a digression about beer on Crimes, Codes, Cults, and Beer. It is, actually. <laughs> so, holy wow. crap, it only, it only took 39 episodes or 40 or whatever number we're on now. Yeah, whatever 40. number Yeah, this is, is number, this is number 40. Damn, this is number dude. 40, yeah. That's so. fucking funny. <laughs> so, so finally they had enough money to buy a car, and Chris would pick up girls, and James would be the chauffeur slash wingman. Uh. And... James would convince the girls that Chris had good intentions and they would go somewhere and Chris would have sex in the car and James would wait outside until they were done. And then James would drive the girl wherever she wanted to go. And, yeah, it was just rinse and repeat, literally. Again, Again with the rinse and repeat? All right. Yeah. That was James's routine. <laughs> All right. They were they were banned from picking up the you know they're, they're, excuse me they they wound up getting banned from the gay bars because although the the gay the gay people didn't report it to the police they did um, report back to the gay bar it's like hey watch out for these two assholes you know. Mm-hmm. So they wound up being banned from every gay bar. And I can't imagine there was more than one gay bar. Oh, this is Adelaide. Adelaide's kind of a big city, so there might have been two. Right. I don't know, dude. i never been to Australia in but, my life, man. I know some Australians. Neither have I. But they were, they were still able to pick up gay men off the streets and shake them down. Hmm. So they, they would pick up women for Chris to, to bang and men to, and men to shake down. And... That was their routine. <laughs> and here we go again. But one night, they picked up a girl who didn't want to go into the back seat. Oh. Chris grabbed her pulled, her, pulled her into the back seat, and Chris raped her. And um, James convinced her that she knew what she was getting into when she got into the car. And, she, and then she accepted it, and nothing came of it. Of course. Yeah. You know, 70s. Yeah, it's all. Her. It was her fault, not her fault, but she knew what was going yeah. on. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't her fault, but she knew what was happening. Right. Yeah. But Chris and Blame James never spoke of it again. Yeah, exactly. Chris and James never spoke of that again, even though it was a clear escalation. Right. So, but shortly later, regular sex didn't appeal to Chris anymore. So he began tying his conquests up. But but there was something that wasn't right. I mean, Chris would frequently get into dark moods, and he began assaulting James, who still, you know, he just went along with it. Really? Um, All right. James, James rationalized that there was a physical defect in Chris's brain, and what it, what it really was was a control mechanism that narcissists use to break down their victims. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fucked up, but yeah. It's like kind of like gaslighting, but not really. Worse than gaslighting. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's making making you think that you, um, you know, making the victim think that they're, that they are somehow deserve the abuse that they're getting. Yeah, well, that's, that's gaslighting. I mean, too. 
That's the end. The physical that, abuse. That's the end game of gaslighting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, shortly later, Chris began raping more frequently, and the consensual, the consensual sex even became violent. Yeah, it wasn't about sex anymore. It was just about power and dominance. And right. James wanted Chris, but Chris made him watch as he dominated woman after woman. Wow. And and soon, I mean, you almost want to feel bad for this guy, but at the same time, you don't. I mean, you might feel a little bad for him right now, but trust me, by the end of the episode, you won't. Oh, I don't feel bad for um, him at all, but I know what you're saying. Well, yeah, just just by being, um, you know, just being like controlled and dominated like this and everything, you know, bas- basically, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe I. But it's at this part that we're in right now where it basically, you know, any any type of um, sympathy that I might have had goes out the window. Okay. So, yeah, you know, even, yeah, I mean. Well, actually, it happened when he convinced that when it was James that convinced that girl. Oh, you knew what you were getting into. <clears throat> yeah, right, dude. That's just, that, that's fucked that, up, dude. That is just wrong. That, yeah, that was the turning point. So, um, soon rape and, and violent sex wouldn't be enough either. And, but James was still smitten. And on Christmas Eve, Chris decided that he just wanted to go hang out and go shopping. Okay. After a while, Chris decided it was time to go home. So he told James to go get the car and pick him up. And James did. But when he got back, Chris was gone. All right. He then, sp- he then spotted him about a, a block down the road um, talking to a girl. And he, James groaned. And he picked, um, he picked Chris up. And, of course, the girl climbed into the car, too. Of course. And Chris entered, <laughs> yeah, of course. And Chris introduced the girl to James as Veronica Knight. He said that they were going to show her that the hills by at, outside of Adelaide. <sighs> Camper van vibes here, man. Seriously. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except it wasn't a camper van. It was two creepy dudes. Mm. Well, one sexy dude and one creepy dude. <laughs> All right, yeah. One sexy dude, one creepy dude. Yeah. Wow. All right. But Veronica had a curfew, but Chris says like, "Oh, we'll have we'll have you back in time." Oh no. Yeah, we'll have you back in time for, to make your curfew. And he he had an evil grin. <clears throat> of course, of course he did. Mm-hmm. So they drove out of the city. They drove down to a dirt road, and by this. This time, Chris and Veronica were already at it, and James parked the car to, to go out for a walk, as usual. And when he would go on these walks, he would feel sorry for himself. You know, it's like, I love him so much, and but all he wants to do is this, and, you know, with the girls and all that stuff, and he's mine, but he doesn't know it yet. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I want that big Chris. Quiz. Wow. Quiz. Yeah. Stop having sex with sexy women. <laughs> please, Chris, please. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just imagining that that's his voice when he's moping around. 
Right. I, mean, I don't know what he sounds like. This isn't like a Larry Hall situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I mean, but when he's moping around, I mean, when people are moping around and vocally feeling sorry for themselves, they tend to whine, so. Yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So finally, he turned around and headed back, figuring they'd be done. And when he got back, they were done, but and Chris was in the front seat, you know, just sitting there with a blank stare on his face. And Chris, James didn't see Veronica until he got close to the car. Oh, she was, she was naked, and she had um, red welts all over her body from the ropes. And Chris said that he had killed her. Oh, and damn, James. James just flipped out on Chris. I mean, just went off on him. And but Chris pulled a knife and held it to his throat, saying that he he would kill James if he didn't lay off. So so James backed off, and Chris said he didn't know why he had killed her. And, and for the for the first time, James was afraid of Chris. Wow. Uh, so Chris ordered James to drive through a small town called Truro. And, you know, it was far enough and isolated enough to where they could get rid of Veronica without being discovered. So they stopped and they dragged her out and they covered with branches and they drove off. And afterwards, James was freaking out, but Chris played it off like he was, you know, like like he was a badass saying, like, oh, I've seen plenty of d- dead bodies. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he... It's like, I've seen plenty of dead bodies, and he bragged about watching a childhood friend drown, and he didn't even try to help. Yeah, he he then confessed to killing a, a hitchhiker that, that he had killed while he was in the Australian Air Force. He had gotten away with this one. All right. And then he, and then he told about several more victims, and this was probably just bullshit to keep James quiet, and it worked, so Merry Christmas, James. Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> But damn, dude. Okay. Fuck. I, I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe that he had any prior victims. Not. I, I, not at all. I mean. Yeah. He, sure. He raped and everything. But I don't. I don't believe that he had killed anybody up until that point. Yeah. It doesn't sound like. I mean. Yeah. I don't. It, his up until now. Yeah. He hadn't killed anybody. Mm-mm. I mean, it, he, he was just, yeah, he was just a fucking sex fiend, part-time rapist, whatever you want to say. Right. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he hadn't killed, killed nobody. So in the aftermath, Chris seemed to try to make it up to James, and you know, so he he loved Bomb James, and he he showered him with gifts, and but that quickly faded as Chris went back to um, to hitting on women. Uh-huh. Like he, like all right, I, I I got you back. I got you back in my um, in my clutches now. So now I'm gonna go out there and get women into my clutches. All right. <laughs> so it was a, it was a week after Veronica's murder, and they were out running errands. And Chris had told James to stop the car, and wait. He ran off into the crowd and came back with a girl who he was holding hands with. Like I said, this dude's got game. Apparently. Fuck. <laughs> the girl was Tanya Kinney, and she was only 15. 
Well, maybe that might have something to do with his games because most of his victims were under 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, Attractive older man comes up to a a teenager. Okay, maybe maybe he doesn't have as much of a game as I gave him credit for. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know, dude. I, I just... You can't do that. That's all I know, is you don't do that shit, dude. No, yeah. You don't fucking do that. I mean, 15, no. I don't care how old she looks. She's 15, dude. That's a child still. You don't fucking mess with that shit. Yeah. Yeah, we said on another episode, I can't remember which one it was, but um, I just remember saying it. It's just like, okay, yeah, you have 15, 16, 17-year-old girls and everything. They They may have fully developed bodies and everything but they've still got that fucking baby face yeah they're still children yeah, they, they it still, doesn't matter yeah you don't you don't mess with they that still, dude you don't fuck with that I don't give a fuck they, they still have I mean it's just yeah it's just yeah, you, you see you see some of these girls walking around and everything and then, then you then you see their face and everything I'm like what are you what are you 12 exactly dude that, <laughs> that's my whole line that's my line every time what are you fucking 12 fuck off <laughs> Yeah. You no, know, dude, you, like, you see a girl walking down the street. She's like, hey, baby, I'll suck your dick for fucking 20 bucks. I'm like, what are you, 12? Get the fuck <laughs> away from me. No, no, you won't. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. One, one time when I was li- living in um, South Carolina, there was this, um, I, I worked at, I worked at this one store and this, there was this girl that worked at the store next door. And I, I was like uh, 28, 29 at the time. And I thought this girl was probably around 20, 21, 22, somewhere on in, in there and everything. So we start, you know, so we start flirting. She's flirting back and all that stuff and everything. And all of a sudden I find out that she's only 17 and I'm not Kip Winger. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I wasn't going to do anything. And you know what this girl says to me? She's like, I'm legal. And I, I said, legal to do what? Drive? Yeah, right. She's like, no, South Carolina 16 is legal. I'm like, I don't care if it's legal or not. It's still wrong. Nah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, they're still kids. But this, this girl looked older, and it was cr- crazy because not even a week later... Not after, not even a week after I had blown this girl off, uh, her mother came in to the the store that I worked at, handing out flyers. She apparently she had run away, uh-huh. and and we found out that she was on like drugs and stuff, which is why she didn't she didn't have that baby face. I mean this this girl, yeah, yeah she she, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I'm, gl- I'm glad that. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that she was under 18 because if she was over 18, you know, or if she was like, yeah, I, I didn't need to be in, involved with a, a <sighs> druggie. Oh no, no, yeah, you, you she probably would have had somebody fucking kill you and take all your money for drugs. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's probably what she did. Then who knows? Yeah, that's why she ran away because she fucking killed somebody to take their money to buy drugs, and she had to disappear. So she <laughs> fucking ran. I don't know, whatever. Either, either that, or she found either that, or she found another guy in his late twenties to uh, <laughs> that would have been okay with it. Yeah, it does like a sugar daddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it is what it is. But they so they they drove to um, 
their apartment, and Chris told James to wait in the car. And he obeyed, and then James waited in the car for hours, and finally Chris came out expressionless, and he said, I need your help. Uh-oh. <laughs> so so Chris, Chris jumped out of the car, and he went inside, and Tanya was fully clothed, but she had been tied up with plastic-coated wires, and there was um, stick there was sticking plaster over her mouth and and blood was soaking through it okay um james once again flipped out on chris and you know he was relentless but chris threw it back and they they screamed at each other for like 10 minutes before james got hoarse and um and and then chris just says are you done and james nodded but he he asked why yeah, why'd you do this? And Chris just shrugged his shoulders. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So it, it was daytime, and, and Chris said, you know, guess we can't get rid of her right now. And James replied, if you don't want to go dragging dead girls in broad daylight, then maybe you should stop making them. Right. <laughs> Chris said they had a problem, and... If he was gonna and asked if he was gonna help or just continue to mouth off, and James like, I'd rather mouth off than deal with dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then Chris ignored him, just like you know they they say it's like okay we can we can go dig a, a hole now, and then move the body at night, and he's just ignoring James's you know what James is saying. It's like James is like protesting. He's like I don't like this. You're you're crazy. What are you doing? I don't like this. He's just like okay if we do this. Mm -hmm. Right. You I hate this? this guy. Yeah. You gotta stop killing people. Well, we could get rid of her if we just do this. Yeah, I'm not. <coughs> yeah, I'm not liking this guy a whole lot at all. Nah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna say he's the worst that we've covered, but he's up there. Yeah. So they stuffed Tanya into a closet. Um, and then they drove off. And Chris, he's now talking like nothing was out of the ordinary. And they drove to Wingham, a town outside of Adelaide, and they dug the grave. And Chris was just cool and calm. Like he, like he, you know, he wasn't worried about James ratting him out either. Take a guess. Oh, God. As I, to why. I don't even know, dude. He wasn't worried about him ratting him out because I have no idea. Because James was complicit at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So they, they drove back into town. They stuffed Tanya into a trunk and dragged it out. You know, once it got dark, they, they dragged it out and drove her to the graves that they had dug, and they buried her. Um, but James couldn't do it, so Chris did all. You know, Chris did did it all, and it didn't matter because, as of right now, Chris owned James. Yeah. James was his property, so um, Chris had two murders under his belt when he turned 23 in June, or in January of 1977. He's a Capricorn, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he. He went back to whoring around, and James thought that he might be back to his usual self. You know, James was still clinging to, to Chris having a brain defect, 
And, but whenever he brought it up, Chris just went into a, a dark mood. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was just an act, though. Right. Yeah, I've seen narcissists do this. They're just like, oh, I'm just angry. <laughs> Don't you fuck with me. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. You just worship me. Don't fuck with me. I'm angry. Right. Yeah. It's not I'm angry. I'm not having a good day. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> right? Oh, Go listen to the Pee Wee Gaskins episode. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll all be clear then. Mm-hmm. So one day, <laughs> mm. one day they were... <laughs> Fuck. I'm just going to say it. Right. As of right now, the Pee Wee Gaskins episode, I think, is our best one yeah, overall. I agree. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Although, Bum Mazel, that one, that one's up there, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, when that one comes out tomorrow, you guys will know what we're well, talking it'll about. Ar- no, it'll already be out when this one's out. Oh yeah, that's right, dude. Fuck, dude. I, I keep forgetting <laughs> that, we're just, that we're doing things like, you know what I mean. <laughs> like we're doing things now. Like we're recording this now while I'm and I'm editing that episode. But I'm, we're talking, and I'm talking to like we're talking to people right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so that, the, yeah, the Bone Mazel episode. The mo- the Bo Mazel episode is now. So when they listen to that, they'll be listening to now. Yes, now. Yes. So wait, what where what is this? This is now. <laughs> this is now. <laughs> and we met and we pulled in another fucking space balls. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So but you, when you're hearing this, you all you all already have heard the Bone Mazel episode, so that's the past and this is now and we're going to fast forward to where we were so here we go (laughs) right (laughs) oh fuck I love my life so one day they (laughs) I fucking love my life bro this is so fun (laughs) (laughs) so one day they were out on a ride through town and Chris spotted a girl that he liked and once again he told James to stop and wait and he went up to talk to her and James sulked Jealous and scorn. Yeah, I'm starting to think that James had a defect in his brain. Yeah, it seems you know, like it. It's it's obvious that well, it, it's it's very possible that Chris actually did. But James's heartbreak and torture and all that stuff—that's self-inflicted. Yeah. Are you- he just likes girls better than he likes me. We were destined to be together. I mean, it's. I'm gonna say it. James is an incel. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, James is an incel. I mean, yeah, he's. Yeah, he's he's not gonna go on a murder rampage, but he's allowing one. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, you're you're still complicit in it so yeah there's that right we're gonna have to cover um elliot roger the the incel one of these days okay 
there's a lot of podcasts out there on him, but I guarantee you nobody's going to trash him as bad as we will. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or maybe we'll just do an incel episode where we just, just like a, like a, potpour, a potpourri episode about um, about all the different, you know, like incels that have gone out and committed crimes because right. there's a bunch of them. Just beat it. Elliot just, Roger was the worst. Just go but... and beat up a bunch of incels. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm down for that. Let's yeah. do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, so James is sitting there in the car going, oh man, I'm just letting my crisis with all these girls. I'm trying my best not to make him sound like Larry Hall. Yeah, There's only one Larry Hall. I had an idea. I'll, uh, remind me to tell you about the idea that I just had. Okie dokie. I'll try. Remind me. So, uh, Chris Chris came back and, inter- and introduced his new friend, and this was Julie Makaita. And they got into the car, and they, they took off, and Chris, of course, suggested that they ride into the country for the view. <laughs> of course. And as they drove, Chris pulled out the ropes and told Julie that he wanted to tie her up. Uh. Was he freaking Ron Dominique? Um, Julie was 16 and naive, and she knew nothing of bondage. She she didn't even know that sex was ex- expected on this outing, and the more Chris pressed it, the, the more she re- replied innocently with ignorance. She, and Chris was getting pissed off about it. Yeah, I can. I mean, so th- I'm glad that she was like, uh, like kind of pushing back from everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the way that the book, you know, portrays her as naive and all that stuff, and um, you know, the the book was pieced together from all of James's confessions. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. It's just the way that it comes off. I think um, I think she was a virgin. Yeah. But it's still, though, like I'm saying, though, it's still, at least she was, like, not just fucking... Yeah, she wasn't, like, all, you know, like some of these other girls just, like, hardcore making out with them. Yeah, just going and, and everything. Just going it's like, along with it, yeah. Right. And we're not blaming the victim here. No, absolutely not. We're just saying, this is, this, is, this is what happened, and Chris did have game. Although... Like we said before, it's not as impressive as we thought that it was. <laughs> oh yeah. But but J- James pulled onto a dirt road, parked, and then he got out. He started on his walk, and you know he started moping, and and then all of a sudden he heard Julie screaming in pain, Uh-oh. and he turned back. He turned back, and Julie was fighting Chris. Uh-huh. It spilled out of the car, and and Chris, you know, she she like took off. He tried to run, but Chris tackled her and straddled her. Then he started choking her. And, you know, this is outside of the car. And then James ran up and he grabbed Chris and he told him to get off of her. And Chris told James just to, you know, to let him go or he would be next. And James, of course, relented and and Chris strangled Julie until she stopped moving. Uh Uh-oh. Chris then unleashed on James for interfering and he, 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 he bitched him out as they dragged... Julie's body back into the into the car, and then they drove off. All the all the while, all the while, Chris's verbal abuse continued. Damn. Uh, they they drove to Truro and they dumped her. 
they dumped her body and they covered her with sticks and James did what was expected of him without being told to and he and at this point he decided that he would never cross Chris again. He would do whatever Chris wanted even if it meant hiding bodies. Oh wow. <coughs> Dumbass. Yeah, right. Fuck dude. Damn. After the killing of Juliet, Chris was uh, being very cold for Jane, to James for interfering. And James was actually feeling guilt for trying to stop Chris. Yeah, and once again, Chris was wound up in a cooling off period and everything where he was calm, he was fine and everything. He wasn't going out looking for girls and all that stuff. And Chris or James would have considered it bliss, but Chris was being cold. Yeah. So, but so one day they were driving by the train station and Chris's urge fired up again when he saw a pretty girl. Her name was Sylvia Pittman and Chris had her in the car in a matter of minutes and she was also a teenager. And she she was leery at first, but Chris charmed her saying how grown up it would be if she, if she went with them. Oh god. Oh no. So she went with them. Yeah. They drove uh, off. They drove off into the countryside. I mean, Chris has an MO, kind of similar to freaking Ron Dom, where it's like everything is the same story. Yeah. But that's going to change. So they, they drove off into the countryside. They parked, and James went for a walk. And when he got back, Sylvia was dead. And Chris said that if James said a word, he would, he would dump his, his body right next to that rag. Oh, man. That's oh, the, God. Rag is the dignified term that he came up with for his victims. <laughs> yes. So they, oh, they drove Jesus. they drove to Truro and they dumped the body, and then they drove back to Adelaide. Same old story. Yeah. Chris got Chris got called to James again, and then things went back to normal. Yeah. James is on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I'm, but that that's what it that's that's what narcissists do. They they put their they put their victims through emotional hell. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it... So, they... So one day, they, they went out for a drive. They went into Victoria, Squ- Victoria Square, and Chris found a, a new friend. Oh. Huh? Vicki Howell. And she was a young nurse's aide. Um, but, I mean, so she wasn't a teenager. Okay. But yeah, but she she was like really into Chris. Yeah, so so they they drove off to a desolate spot and James walked off and he but he came back quickly. He he looked into the car and and Chris and Vicky were going strong and Chris noticed you know and noticed James standing there and everything and he screamed at him to go away. And James did as he he was told and jealousy swept over him again. Yeah. yeah. This was the first time he had actually seen Chris banging a woman. And but yeah, you know, this this wasn't how James had wanted to go down. He wanted to walk up 
He wanted to walk up while Chris was in the act of killing Vicky and smile with approval. Oh. Yeah, just, just basically to let Chris know that he was right or die. Right. Uh, he should have waited a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. God damn, man. This is getting crazy. Oh. <laughs> But when he when he got there, oh shit! <laughs> Crazy hasn't started yet. But right. when when he when he got back to the car the second time, um, Chris was finished, but and Vicky was dead. James did smile at Chris, but it was too late. Chris has started oh. screaming at you know, Chris has started screaming at James for walking up on them. And then when, when Chris wow. was done screaming, James says, it's okay, we're fine. Oh, God. Chris said that they had to dump the body, to which James also said was fine. And at that point, Chris's demeanor, demeanor changed. And it seems, like, it seems like James had finally cracked Chris's rage. Oh, all right. So, back off to Truro. This time after the fact that um, things were different. They were trolling, but Chris had never went cold on James this time. So finally they saw two girls coming out of a movie theater, and, and Chris was going to try to get both of them. But, uh. but luckily for one of them, one got onto a bus like immediately after coming out of the theater. Okay. No problem. Yeah, that's they good. They pulled up to the remaining girl, and her name was Connie... Lord... L-O-R-D-A-N-I-D-A-S. Lord, Lordanides. Okay. Lordanides. Lordanides. Connie Lordanides. Lordanides. He asked him what movie that they had seen and she told him Let's see 1977 might have been Star Wars Star Wars <laughs> it was totally Star Wars dude I'm telling you yeah we're yeah she got to see Star Wars before she died You can cut that part out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that part's going to cut out. The part where we said Star Wars together is staying, but yeah. Right. That, it's, it's, yeah. Right. Until you start up again, it's all cut out. <laughs> so they, um, they continued talking about the movie, and finally Chris offered her a ride, and she accepted. And she gave James her parents' address, and they took off, but they were obviously going the wrong way. And Connie right. protested. And... Chris clamped his hand over her mouth and she fought him. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Chris well, at least started... she tried. Huh? I said at least she tried. Yeah. Chris then started pawing at her and, and she was screaming so loud he he hit her. Yeah, you know, he, he was gonna kill Connie in the car while James was driving. Oh Chris shit. Chris tied her up and, and began ripping off her clothes. And then James stopped the car. You know, he, 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 the first deserted road that he came to, he, James um, turned onto it and he stopped the car. Mm. Um, so 
Chris began raping Connie, and he began choking her to the point of passing out, then letting her breathe. He was torturing her and raping her at the same time. That's freaking Angus Sinclair vibes again. Yeah, right? All over again. Yeah, only thing missing is the camper van. The camper van. <laughs> but <sighs> stranger danger hadn't become a thing yet. You know? Yeah, apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's still the 70s, dude. You know, it's kind of a different time. Yeah. True. I mean, hitchhiking and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. hitchhiking was what fueled a lot of the serial killers in the United States. I guess it was happening in, um, you know, that mindset was popular in um, Australia, too. I guess it was just, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, it is what it is, dude. You know, that, that it happens. Yeah, so... James tried again to smile with approval, but James or but Chris made him leave anyway. Like, get oh, the hell, of course. get the hell out of here. So mm. he hoped to some to sometime help Chris kill a woman, but right. so but this time when Chris was done, he wasn't mad at James, and so one step at a time, you're getting yeah, close. Baby steps. <laughs> getting closer there, James. Getting closer. At this rate, you'll be 80. And uh, when he finally comes around, and he'll be 55 or 60 <laughs> or I don't. I I'm, I'm not sure how. Well, he's 20. Okay, there's right. about a 20. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll be 80. Chris will be 60. We'll just go with that. Okay. Hey. <sighs> Dentures. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Dentures. Dentures can come out. I mean, that, they can. I mean, <laughs> you know, Chris. Maybe, maybe James should have just had all of his teeth extracted and gotten dentures and everything. Oh, Chris, come over here. <laughs> oh no, that's my talking with no teeth imitation. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right. So, James had hope. And then it was back off to Truro. Back off to Truro. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take long for Chris to find, a, for, for find, new, to find new ways to torment James, though. Yeah, he introduced, oh, yeah, he introduced James to a new girlfriend named Amelia. Yeah. James should have just chilled out. Yeah, I mean, this this girl would either be dumped or dumped dead soon enough, especially with um, with Chris's co-workers ragging on him for being in love and tamed and considering, you know, considering the fact that everybody knew that he was a womanizer. Right. Yeah, just just don't even freaking worry about it. She ain't going to be around long. <laughs> yeah. So one Saturday night... Chris decided that he and James would go looking for a new kill. The girls who had disappeared were beginning to be noticed, so they waited until after midnight for a sex worker or just an obliterated drunk girl. Uh-huh. It, it didn't take very long. Um, a woman named Deborah Lamb came, came to them asking if, are y'all going my way? <laughs> 
Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That can't end well. <laughs> she needed a ride and was willing to air quote pay for it. But she was older than usual for Chris, but he didn't care. So James drove to a, a secluded spot, and James got out of the car and went for a walk, as usual. James used the walk to ponder his situation with Chris. Um, I'm so lonely. <laughs> so, so lonely. So lonely, so sadly alone. It's kind oh, of steely, but not really. Sitting on my little throne. <laughs> I work really hard and make a, I don't know the words. <laughs> there it is. You want me to pull up the lyrics and sing it for real? No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, and then once and once again, he decided he was okay with everything, even if it was just. Being around Chris and nothing else. Huh? Well, that's well, that's all you're gonna get, James. That's literally all you're gonna get. Mm. Spoiler alert! So <sighs> spoiler alert. So when James got back to the car, Chris was burying her already. But holy crap! But James realized that he was burying her alive, and he was making jokes while doing it. But you know how James, you know how James rationalized this one. Just, just take a guess. Uh, fuck, I don't know, dude. I can't even. I can't even think. At least I don't have to touch the body, or the, at least I don't have to touch this victim. Really? Yeah. See, I never would have got that, dude. Fuck <laughs> me, dude. That's a fucking. Oh my god. Man. I want to beat this guy with a tire iron. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to beat this guy with something. A baseball bat with a tire iron t duct tape to it. <laughs> and barbed wire. And barbed wire. Yeah, dude. We'll make it. We'll make it Lucille with an extra fucking tire iron involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, dude. I'm, yeah, this is really fucking, uh, really starting at really hating this guy. Yeah. But the next, um, the next week, James and Chris lived normal lives, not trolling. And Chris would go out with Amelia and James would just sit at home pouting. <laughs> they even, they even visited friends. And this is where they found a, a woman named Deborah Skuse, S-K-U-S-E. And okay. she was crying over a breakup with a boyfriend. James was consoling her. He was just like, you know, could be worse. You could just be, like, narcissistically involved with somebody that's just gaslighting you and just destroying your emotions, never, never <laughs> going to return any, any, of your, any of your feelings back to you. And you just right. sit there and, and deal with it because because you think you're worthless and all that stuff. And she looked at him and said, that's not what happened to me. Oh, oh yeah, right. Uh, it'll be okay, girl. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. So, um, 
that Chris suggested they take a road trip, a, a road trip, a road trip a road to chip. Mount, <laughs> a road trip, <laughs> a road trip to Mount Gambier for the weekend to party. And Deborah agreed, thinking like this is exactly what she needed because she was, you know, Chris All is right. a, Chris is a Chris is a hunk. Oh yeah, he's a hunk hunk of burning love. <laughs> so they took off and they actually did go to the mountain. You know, Chris Chris wanted to kill her, but James reminded him that it's like, okay, several people who know Deborah, they saw her, they knew that she went to the mountain with us. You're gonna have to dial it back here, cowboy. Right. Calm down. Down boy, down. Get him up with a Freaking rolled up newspaper. Bad! Yeah, squirt bottle. <laughs> yeah. But I want to I want to kill I want to kill her. I want, I want to kill her. Mm-hmm. I can do a British accent. I not so good Australian, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> so some sulking and pounding did happen, but it wasn't James this time, it was Chris. Uh-oh. I want to kill her. I want to kill her. <laughs> God. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I deserve to kill her because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm such a little narcissist bitch. <laughs> and then he went into a dark mood. Then he went into a dark mood. I'm dark mood. I'm dark mood. I'm Chris. I'm a dark mood. Dark I'm, mood. I'm in a dark mood. I'm in a dark mood. Leave me alone. Leave me leave me alone, but but don't ignore me. Yeah. I, I I want you all to acknowledge the fact that I'm in a dark mood and leave me alone, but still pretend that you give a shit about me because I'm in a dark mood. <laughs> like a total narcissist bullshit. And you know, I'm 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 joking, but I mean that's literally I mean, not literally, but that is how their their mind works. It's just like it, everything to them is an act, just to you know, just to get under people's skin and control people. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I've had <clears throat> several unfortunate, you know, encounters with narcissists in my life, and so he was being cold to James again as well. And and they decided that it's like okay it's it's time to it's time to leave let's cut this this party short and everything and um, and Deborah even agreed she's like okay yeah this isn't going as planned you know she just wanted to go up there and party and have sex with Stud Muffin Chris and all that stuff <laughs> right Stud and all he's and all he's doing is sitting there talking you know acting like a acting like a little bitch. Yeah. Uh huh. And so they they go, and Chris or Chris was so pissed off that he actually did the driving himself. Oh God! And he made James sit in the back seat. You know he oh, he had. There we go. He, he had um he had Deborah up in the front seat with him, and um you know performing one function. And take a guess what that function was. Oh God, Roadhead! It's it's not it's not what you think. Oh, so it's not Roadhead. 
nope. Because <laughs> that's that's what I thought too when I got to that part. But nope, that's not. Then what it I was. Don't, then I don't. I have no idea. Then I mean, dude, if, if you're out there to fucking, if you're gonna rape and kill this girl, then yeah, Roadhead would be the most logical thing. But well, I don't know. Think um, Florida man. Think 70s vehicles, even though this vehicle was probably built in the 60s, so it was probably missing something that some, you know, newer vehicles come standard with these days. Oh, okay. Seatbelts? No, it had seatbelts. Center consoles? Center consoles usually have what? The sh- uh, uh, is a shifter on them? I don't know. Cup holder. Oh, cup. Oh, she was. He made her be a cup holder, really. Yeah, she was up there to hold his beer. Holy shit! <laughs> Come on, man! I gave you every hit in the world. <laughs> I know you did, but dude, you know, dude, I'm, I'm slow. I'm, dude, I'm just plucky comic relief, man. I'm slow. <laughs> Anyway, I have another T-shirt idea for you. Don't be a James. You like that? Yeah, don't be a James. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, maybe not. Uh, maybe not that I mean, one. But still. I mean, if there, uh, no, I like it, but that's only going to be for people that like this episode. You know what I mean? Right. Which is like, dude, like the the rivet one, like the, you know, like when we did a, what's her name, Hell's Bell, yeah, and I said, dude, that's that's it. We're gonna like, I was gonna do a like Hell's Bell says rivet, but then I was thinking like, dude, let's just do rivet and like put like a picture, like get that that picture of her face that's on Wikipedia and like put it in inside the letters, just do rivet. But nobody's yeah. going to get that unless they heard the episode. So it's like, so, so I, I, I'm starting to realize that some of my T-shirt ideas may not be the best. <laughs> okay, stickers. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> nah, maybe I'm not even. Maybe, yeah, maybe dude, not stickers, even. Stickers. stickers are just going to be the logo for right now, dude. For right. first, because so. you know that's it. Dude, you know. And then when we go when we go to Bone when we go to Bone Mazel's grave, dude, I'm gonna get three shot glasses made with the uh, with CKCB on them, like the the little thumbnail that's on Twitter and everywhere. Yeah. And we're gonna fill one up and set it on his headstone, and me and you're gonna do a shot, and then we're taking ours with us, but we're leaving that one there. Nice. I like it. So I think I still have that thumbnail. It's. Anyway, hashtag that I digress. Yep, yeah. I digress. I have it too, so it's all good. Yeah, just cut that one out. Just yeah, oh yeah. That part. But no, absolutely. Um, so Chris was driving like a madman down the mountain, and Deborah was getting scared. And he just told her to shut the fuck up. Oh, of course. So James was, James was just in the back face palming. He's shaking his head. He's just like, God. And Chris kept screaming and driving even faster. And then all of a sudden, a tire blew out. Oh, shit. The car veered out of control into the oncoming lane, and a a truck was heading for them. 
and Chris jerked the wheel, and the car went over the embankment, rolling down the mountain, and it ejected Chris and Deborah from the car. James survived. You know why? Um, he had a seatbelt on? Exactly. <laughs> you got one! Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Deborah and Chris were dead. D-E-D, dead. Really? I didn't expect this to go there. Holy I crap. didn't either. Chris tough tony himself. <laughs> he tough tony himself. Holy shit. <laughs> unfortunately, oh he tough... Holy un crap. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, we, but we can still... You know, this is vehicular homicide, so technically Deborah is still one of Chris's victims. Yeah. But... But yeah, I mean, I I didn't see I didn't see this coming, and it's like I was I was um, texting with Mark the other night when I was writing these notes out, and mm -hmm. Mark Mark knew the story. That's Mark from Mental Illness Theater. He knew yeah, the yeah. story, and um, and I told him that I was going in blind. I didn't know, and I I just texted him, "Holy shit! Didn't see that coming." <laughs> yeah, and, no kidding. Dude. Holy <laughs> crap. I totally did not see. He tough Tony himself. Tough Tony himself. Holy but, crap. Huh? I said, holy crap. He tough Tony himself, dude. I never even, <laughs> dude, I, this, I had no idea, I had no clue this was going this way. This, yeah, me. To here, whatever. You know what I mean. Me either. I mean, it's just like, I, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> so, so, um, so, is that the end? No. No. Still got five pages to go. Oh, uh, okay. No, there's a lot of aftermath in here with James. Oh, okay. Right so, on. James was seriously injured, and he um, he was in the hospital where he was going in and out of consciousness. He wasn't much to talk to um, for answers because his beloved was dead. Oh, my God. And then really? finally... Yeah. So finally he was released from the hospital just in time to attend Chris's funeral. And there James ran into Chris's girlfriend Amelia. And they began to talk and James told her that a blood clot had been found on Chris's brain during the autopsy. Oh. I don't know if that actually happened or if this was just some justification fantasy that um, that James had come up with. I'm leaning towards right. that because they didn't say that that came up in the autopsy. Yeah. So he then he then just, you know, had a nervous breakdown and lost control. And Amelia is just standing there like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so James began to tell her the truth about Chris and said that his death was for the best. He said that Chris had to die or the murders would keep happening. Okay. So he he ratted he ratted Chris out to Amelia. But after that, Amelia told him to shut up and not say a word to the police. She didn't really? want Chris wow. Yeah. She didn't want Chris being a scapegoat for all of the missing people in southern Australia since it since the British had landed. Okay. But, yeah, because, I mean, Chris, Chris wasn't the only serial killer in Southern Australia at the time. There were, there were others. Oh, yeah. 
So, um, so we'll get to them eventually, but not in this episode. <laughs> All right. But she she then said that Chris was a good man, one of the last of them. <sighs> Poor Amelia. Poor Amelia. Yeah, but. She she then she then pulled a total power move and she chugged her beer and told James to bugger off. They were done. Oh shit. Oh damn. She's like, bugger off, we're done. Gug, 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 gug. <laughs> wow. What are you what are you drinking tonight, Amelia? Falsters. Beer. Falsters. It's Australian. Australian for beer. <laughs> and you know, they don't even drink Fosters in Australia, dude. That's the fucked up thing. I know. I, I, I read that they somewhere. Drink like Castlemaine and other shit, dude. They don't even drink Fosters there. Yeah, it's Fosters. It's Australian for beer in America. <laughs> right. So the Australian... I mean... Hold on. Backtrack. Right, yeah, so, so Amelia was happy in her ignorance. And she probably just didn't even believe James at all. You know, and but whatever. Uh, the Australian police—they weren't familiar with serial killers at this point. They had never even dealt with one at this point. Although, like I said, they Chris was just the first one that came to light. Um, yeah. In April of 1978, William Thomas—you know—he was searching for mushrooms in in Truro. Not magic mushrooms. Okay. Not. The kind that you eat. Okay, just like regular mushrooms. Yeah, just regular mushrooms. Not, you know, not, not you, the psychedelics. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, you don't get high when you eat the mushrooms. Like, like mushrooms that you put in, in marinara sauce or something like that. Well, the, I wouldn't because right. I don't like mushrooms. But So yeah. he, he came across a large bone poking up from some rocks, and he assumed that it was a cow bone. And he didn't think anything of it, and so he went back for looking for mushrooms. So he mentioned it to his wife when, okay. uh, when, when he got home, and the more he thought about it, the more it seemed odd. Yeah, and his, he and his wife decided to go back and, and check on it because it's like, okay, well, what the hell would a cow be doing out there? You know, so... Yeah, right. <laughs> so, it, you know... They 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 got back to the bone. They found on it, and they they yanked they yanked on it, and and some of the bones were still connected to the large one, which obviously was a femur. And um, mm. fuck. It's and then then a uh, um, it broke loose, and a and a another bone and a shoe popped out. Oh. And. There was the skeleton of a foot inside the shoe. And they got the hell out of there and they called the police. And the police determined that it was a hitchhiker or no, that, that it was a hiker that wasn't prepared and, and paid the ultimate price. Oh, all right. But dental records proved that it was Veronica Knight who had disappeared two years earlier. Oh, and all right. it was then she was... She was then declared a runaway, open and shut. It stayed okay. a closed. It stayed a closed case, uh, you know, until two years later when hikers found the body of 16-year-old Sylvia Pittman. 
one detective, a Sergeant Bob Hugger Giles, that was his nickname. I guess he just liked to hug people. <laughs> but well, let's hope that's what it was for. Well, no, no, he's a good dude. He he got a raw deal. Um, All right. He had been trying to put together a pattern on the disappearances for several months, and nobody was taking him seriously. If anything, he was the first person in Australia to ever investigate the possibility of a serial killer. Oh. All right. So nobody was taking him seriously, so he leaked the information to the press. <laughs> like he's wearing these kind of shoes. <laughs> no, he 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 did it because nobody was taking him seriously, and he firmly believed that that there was a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. No, I totally got you. So sorry, I I just I had to make that joke, you know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. The newspaper offered ten thousand dollars for information that would lead to. Um, that would lead to the case being solved and a killer arrested. Uh-huh. So finally, the, right. the the police put together a task force, but Detective Giles was cut from it as punishment for going to the press. But all of his notes and everything were taken. Okay. So, sure. like, so he just has nothing, huh? Right. And other people... And other people are using his notes. This this, this would be like freaking, like freaking Mark from Mental Illness Theater breaking into my my apartment the night before we did an episode, stealing my notes, and then going and doing that episode. <laughs> right. Not that Mark would do that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. But yeah, you know, I got what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Right. So, um. Finally, the police put together a task force, and he was cut from his Shortly later, um, two more skeletons were discovered. They were identified as uh, Connie Lorandis and Vicki Howell. And these two girls actually happened to be in Giles's timeline. The other, okay. you know, the other people were cannibalizing. You know. Oh, okay. Using his notes, <clears throat> all right. <laughs> like like Mark using my show notes to go do a true yeah. murders episode. <laughs> right. So well, we know that won't happen because you know. Well, he's in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so the like the said, real... we know that won't happen because right. <laughs> so, now we love Mark Menelaus Theater. Yeah, we do. We love Mark great Mark podcast. Great guy. I wish I wish oh, he I wish he name, lived dude. I wish he lived I wish he lived in Florida cuz <laughs> we'd we'd yeah, hang out. Right. So yeah. the re, the reward the re, Huh? Go, no, go ahead. I wasn't saying anything, dude. I was just mumbling. Go go ahead. <laughs> the re, the reward from the newspaper was raised from $10,000 to $30,000. And no leads came in that were worth anything until a year later when, guess who? Um, fuck, I don't know who. Uh... Who's the only person other than James that's still alive? Um, 
I don't know. I don't Amelia. Remember. Amelia. Amelia. Oh fuck yeah, Amelia. My bad. Shit, dude. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> dude, you're, you're you're giving me a whole lot of information here, dude, and it's I'm like I'm processing a lot, like okay. really. But, uh, Amelia, but it's, no, it's good. It's good that we're doing it like quickly. But yeah, dude, I'm like, dude, I can't remember everything. No worries. But um, Amelia, Chris's girlfriend, made the connection to this story. Um, to, she connected the story to James's rambling at the the funeral. But thirty thousand dollars is thirty thousand dollars. So, All right? Yeah. But what it, what what it caused her to make the connection? That it's like okay, maybe James wasn't full of shit. Was a map of the areas where the the bodies had been found was released, and Amelia realized that the the air that the area where the bodies were found was the same area in Truro and everything where Chris had taken her on on multiple occasions. Oh well, like on, there it is on dates and stuff like that or whatever. Yeah, dude, you know he was planning on killing her. Oh yeah, totally. He totally was. So she went to the police, and a search began for you know search for James started, but James had disappeared. It turned out that he had been evicted from the apartment that he had with Chris, and that he had, had been living in his car ever since. Uh. But. On the first anniversary of Chris's death, James had published a poem in the in the paper. Uh, a poem dedicated to the memory of Chris. Mm. And I'm going to read it to you. <sighs> All right, here we go. Worrell Christopher Robin. Memories of a friend who died 12 months ago this week. Your friendship and thoughtfulness and kindness, Chris will always be remembered by me, mate. What comes after death, I can hope as I pray we meet again. Hmm. He makes BTK look like a wordsmith. <laughs> yeah, right? Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just like, it, it's like he started like, he started like three or four different parag- you know, like thoughts in this and just strung them together. Right, yeah. Okay, and by the way, don't don't listen to our BTK episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so realizing that James was homeless, they um, they looked in shelters and they found him at Adelaide's um, cultural mission where he had been staying and working. Eight plainclothes officers were sent there to watch James and tell him, yeah, you know, and, and 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 to tail him hoping to, to find more information before they arrested him. But James was a, a lifelong criminal. He spotted them immediately. Yeah, right? He, he, he bolted, but he was literally caught after, after just like a minute of the chase. You know, he's not exactly Richard Ramirez that <laughs> ran a freaking <laughs> marathon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that's the best. That's the best part of that story, is the chase. <laughs> yeah. So, um, James said he knew it was just a matter of time before the police came for him. In interrogation, James denied everything. He even said that he never knew anyone named Chris. 
Oh my God, really? <laughs> yeah, but they pressed him and they showed him. Um, I mean, there's court documents saying there's like like prison documents saying that they were cellmates. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they uh, they pressed him and they showed him photos and evidence, and but James just kept denying, and he was released because they literally didn't have anything to charge him for other than, you know, he was a suspect, sure, but, I mean, they didn't have any conclusive proof other than what um, Amelia had said. Right. So it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm not, you know, no bad on the police there. But as he was um, leaving the police station... Yeah, because he was shaken up and everything. An, an officer offers, offered him a cup of coffee, and he, he broke down just bawling. <laughs> of course. He said, Emilio was doing what he should have done. All he did was drive the car. I, I, was drive the car. I knew it was wrong, but I loved Chris so much. I just wanted to make Chris happy. <laughs> right. He was my boat. <laughs> of course so James told the whole story and he insisted that he never took part in any of the killings oh of course but guilty by association yeah guilty by association for fuck sure Oh, damn it, dude. That's fucking just... This just gets crazier and crazier, man. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I told you crazy hadn't even started yet. The crazy is happening in the aftermath of, of Chris's death. Um, yeah, apparently. Holy shit. <laughs> so, later, uh, James led the police to every dump site, and all of the remains of, of the victims were recovered. But... And... But James James was charged with seven counts of murder. Mm. The the trial began in 1980, and James pleaded not guilty, and and the defense portrayed him as a victim of Chris's manipulation, and the jury was showing signs of sympathy, and James's lawyer was killing it. James had a very good lawyer. Um, okay. but yeah, it. I mean it, and then. Toward the end of the trial, it, it looked like everything was going the the defense the defense's way. So they put they put James on the stand. Oh God! Because if I mean they they apparently talked about it, but when um when James was up there, his lawyer asked him his lawyer asked him if he would ever turn Chris in. Mm. And it like if if Chris hadn't tough Tony'd himself. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> <laughs> tough Tony'd himself. Fuck me, that's fucking amazing. So, I never ever saw that fucking coming. I didn't either. I didn't either. I, I'm I'm being completely honest. I didn't either. I was wow. just like I got to that part. I'm like, what? He fucking, <laughs> fucking completely tough Tony'd himself. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, but James answered truthfully. 
James answered truthfully. He was saying that if, if Chris was still alive and killing, he would still be driving her around. He said he would never betray Chris. Okay. Well. So, but that lost him the sympathy and, you know, from the jury. And I can only imagine the, the look on his lawyer's face when he did that. Yeah, yeah right. just like, like what the fuck? Big time facepalm. Yeah, no shit. Fuck. Get your oven mitts out because we're going to be facepalming here. <laughs> yeah. But so the, the prosecutor then went in for the kill. And, um, you know, he, they were the prosecutor portrayed him as an accomplice, a, a willing accomplice who was, you know, probably guilty of, of more than um, than he was letting on and all that stuff. The, the trial became a duel after that, after James's admission. The, de the defense and the prosecutor were going at it, like, intensely. I mean, it, it's like I would have loved to have seen video of it. I'm not going to go into, like, it, it was like three pages worth of um, in, in the book. I'm not going to really go into all those details. It's just it, it was just intense. It was like a, it was like freaking Anakin Skywalker versus Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, okay. Right I mean, I mean, it was just, it was intense. I mean, video of that would have been awesome. I mean, I, I, I would have watched it. We would have linked it. But. Okay. So finally, after a very long trial and a, a very short jury deliberation, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> James was convicted of six of the seven killings, but he was led off of the, the first one of Deborah Knight or Veronica Knight because he had no idea at the time that Chris was going to kill her. Oh, I, I get that. Yeah. So he was sentenced to six life, six consecutive life sentences. Oh, damn. So James appealed for a retrial, but it was denied repeatedly. So, Four years into his sentence, he went on a hunger strike, and nobody cared. <laughs> Fuck. Poor guy. Kind of like well, William... Poor guy, but you know what I mean. Well, kind of like when William... You know, ep episode three, William Cruz, uh, when he yes. went on a hunger strike, nobody cared. Like, fine, starve to death, you piece of shit. <laughs> you know? Nobody gives a fuck about you, so whatever. Yeah, dude. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, but... Yeah. But nobody cared because you know, because he had said that he would never would have turned Chris in. In a TV yeah. interview, James doubled down, saying, Chris Worrell was my best friend in the world. If he had lived, maybe 70 would have been killed, and I wouldn't have ever dobbed him. Oh, damn. It's just... Uh, if I'm dating, if I'm if I'm dating a girl, and I'm in love with her, I would, mm -hmm. yeah. And and she, um, if I found out that she was a serial killer, guess what? I'm dropping the fucking dime and I'm calling the police. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, cause so yeah, I married just, an axe murderer. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Okay, let's let's say let's say let's say James like all of a sudden, you know, like let's say he doesn't die when he drove off the mountain, <clears throat> and um 
and everything goes normal. And let's say that James gets his way and he gets um he gets Chris all to himself and everything and they and they're in love together. Yeah. At that point, Chris, you know, because if he didn't die on the mountain, then it would have only been six murders. But, um, but he still killed six people. Yeah, he did. How would you sleep in the same bed with that person? I couldn't. Uh-uh. Hell no. So it's just like, okay, what the hell no. are you, it's like, what the, I don't, I don't. Get this. This is this is worse than the people that were, um, you know, than the women that were like lusting after Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez and all that stuff. And, like after they were in prison and all. This is worse than that because, you know, they're they're just doing a a, a sick fantasy about wanting to a serial killer, but the guy's in prison, so they're never going to be able to make that thing, you know, that realization, you know, that fantasy come to come to life. Right. It's sick and fucked up, but it's also all it is is a fantasy that occasion, yeah. you know, so they get they get married in prison. So what? The dude's still in Man. prison. She's still going home and sleeping in her bed. And fucking somebody else, probably. More than likely. <laughs> but, Just saying. But um, oh, and, and he probably is, too. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, he probably is too. You're right. <laughs> so this is different. He's hoping. He's hoping that eventually, you know, Chris would would have become gay and just like, and they would have been. <laughs> yeah. to, they would have been together. This is this is the exact opposite of the. Yeah, you know, the whole the whole thing about it's like okay, well you you can't choose your sexuality. Mm-hmm. This is the ex- I said it was the exact same. Well, it's it's the exact same argument. You can't just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to be gay," yeah. or you know, for a a, a gay man. At, but at the same time, I mean, no, okay, it's not the opposite. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. You you can't just a gay man can't just decide to switch it off and be like, "Okay, I'm straight now." No more any more than a straight man can just switch it on and say, "Hey, I'm gay." Yeah. Exactly. But that's what James wanted. Oh, I know. No, dude, totally. Yeah, dude. I mean, this this dude was never gonna like be totally with him because he wasn't into that. Right. I mean, while he was drunk, he let James go down on him. I yeah, mean, who hasn't? You know, dude, who who mean, hasn't? Who you know. hasn't done that? I mean, I I yeah. haven't done that, but still, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I'm saying, though, dude. You know, whatever. But yeah, don't, dude. This guy, this guy, Chris was never gonna be 100 percent his. No, because Chris. He was all, I mean, you know, dude. And I, I mean, it, <sighs> okay. Well, let's let's. Okay, I'm, I've I got one yeah. paragraph to go, and then then let's let's talk about it. So um, so finally, <laughs> finally, he was granted a date uh, for for parole. In 2014. But his health was deteriorating and he had prostate cancer, among other things. He was totally miserable. And the cancer spread to his lungs. In 2008, he was sent to hospice. Uh, um, and in October of 2008, he died of liver failure. Failure. Mm. Yeah. But he also maintained his innocence until the very end. And that's the end uh, of the story. But, you know, it's just, 
that that that's it. I mean, he, he's he's dead. Chris is dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, well, dude. The main the main guy died way sooner than I thought he was going to. Holy crap! I know that's for that's a first that's a first on this podcast. <laughs> I know, right, dude? That totally fucking that that messed me up, dude. I was like, dude, I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> But the craziness of the craziness of the aftermath was better. You know, I mean, it it that was that was the that was the high point of the story was the aftermath after Chris died. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. But yeah, no, dude, I didn't. I didn't even know how to fucking like deal with that. I couldn't even process that. I was like, wait a minute, this shit. Wait, stop. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> huh? I'm like, seriously, huh? What happened? <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Uh, dude, I don't even know. But you know, it just <sighs> very rarely do serial killers work with accomplices. Yeah, that's true. You know, we've we've covered. Okay, I think this is the second one. I think the only other one that we've covered that had an accomplice was the Gallegos. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the only other. You know, like tandem. But um. Uh, yeah. But there's more. I mean, you've got uh, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool. Um, yeah. You've got the Toy Box and the Tool the Toolbox Killers, yeah. which which are two of the most brutal stories, you know, stories that there are as far as you know this is concerned. As far as serial killer true crime is concerned, these are right. you know the Toolbox and the t- the Toolbox and and the Toy Box Killers are like among the most brutal. Um, right. But, I mean, I really can't... I mean, there there was Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Yeah. Um, and... But the thing about it is, um, you know, it's just... I, I guess this, this happened in Australia, so it's kind of a lesser-known case in the United States. I mean, there aren't very many podcasts about it. Right. Um... Yeah, you know, I I I did I did look I did look for them and just just to find out that they're and and the the ones that there were they were like less than an hour long, uh-huh. so it's like so you knew it wasn't going to be a deep dive and there's nothing wrong right. with that some some people like just the facts some people like that that no and more power to you, but um, but I mean that's that that's not what we do <laughs> we we like to tell every no. gritty. Gruesome little detail. Yeah, we get just be- we get down and dirty and just beat the yeah. shit out of them. Yeah, with a little bit of levity. With some levity, thanks, Mark. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, it's just, it's just. I mean, it. I I just I can't fathom. I mean, I don't know. I've I've been in relation. I've been in bad relationships that I've stuck around with. You know, for way too long. I mean, who hasn't? You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but what I can't fathom is, you know, basically, James was in the friend zone the entire time. Yeah, and he was, and he was still sitting there hoping. Yeah, and I'll not turn even him ca- one day. Yeah, and not even care. But, but like I said, there, even if he did turn him, even if he did get what he wanted, how the hell could you go? How how could you sleep in the same bed with? With that person, with with that person, dude, dude, love does love does stupid things, dude. That's all I can say. I mean, I can't say anything else about other than that, dude. Love does stupid shit. 
right. or love, lust, desire, whatever you want to call it, whatever this guy James had for that guy Chris, dude. It makes you do stupid shit, man, dude. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm not saying that that makes it okay because it doesn't, but no, that's what happens, dude. Love makes you do, you know, love makes you do stupid shit no matter what. Right. And that's just, that's just how life rolls, man. And, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I don't know. My, my brain. I mean, doesn't function that way my like 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 i said like i said before we wrapped it up it's just like if i was dating a a woman and and i found out that she was a killer i'd be like uh well yeah i mean but see that's different if you found out but see he was there he was already he was already into this dude and he was there when all this shit happened dude so it's not like he just found out well the same thing part of it the entire time but yeah, you know, most most normal people would just like, oh fuck this, I'm out of here. Right. But, you, know, I mean, dude, you know, I mean, I mean, I I don't want to. I hate talking back. Well, I mean, whatever. He was fucking found guilty of being accessory to fucking murder, or whatever. Yeah. So you know, dude, all right. So yeah, he, and he was, dude. He was an accessory to murder. So he's a piece of shit. I mean, but whatever for whatever reason. But he hung he himself didn't. though. He hung himself though when he when he he. It was so wrapped up on Chris and everything that it's just like his 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 attorney was winning this. I mean, this attorney was just <laughs> kicking ass and taking names and everything. He was going to he was going to be found, you know, like he was going to be found like like at the worst guilt guilty due to reasons of insanity. Yeah. Um, or not guilty by reasons of insanity. You know, he, he at. That's that's where it was headed, and he might have even been acquitted completely. That's that's how good of an attorney he had. Yeah, right. But then, you know, even in death, you still look sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know. But fuck, yeah. I I mean, it just he he just he he sunk himself. I mean, he's just like. Yeah, he he kept talking. He kept talking about um about Chris having a screw loose in his head. He's the one with a fucking screw loose in his head. No, Chris probably did too. You know, most narcissists do have a screw loose in their head. Most sociopaths do, but he had one too. By by sitting there, you know, and going along with even after the dude died, even after he was dead, it's like okay, I'm looking at freedom. If I just say yeah, I probably would have turned him in if it kept on going. Right, or or tell the truth. Oh, I never would have said anything. It's like at that <laughs> point, at at that point, everybody on the jury is just like, check, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, can I get out of this? I'm done. Yeah, we know, we know, we know what happened here. Let's just uh, can we wrap this up? Yes, we can. And um, so no, check- I wasn't talking about. I wasn't talking about us. I was talking about like the. Well, jury. I was like, dude, we already know what's gone. Can we let Let's just wrap this up. Put this guy in jail. We're done. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, but also us. So yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, and. Okay, follow us on social media. Uh, Twitter is ckc underscore beer. 
Facebook is Crimes, Cults, Killers, and Beer Podcast. And our website that has um, it has links to all of our episodes on all platforms and everything. And we're on Podbean now, too, which I'm going to be adding later at some point, which is cool. Oh. I, did, I didn't even submit it to that. It just, you know, I, I think the, the pod page app, you know, the pod page that our website is on, uh-huh. I think I think it just did it. I don't know. It just I added did, us. I did, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, we're yeah. Th- thanks a hell of a lot for listening. Oh, and our 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 our, 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 our website. Uh, my mush mouth is. You know, it, it wants to make a, a a final appearance in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course it does. <laughs> but yeah, our, our episode it also has links. It has links to everything, it, and and um, it has links to my original music, like all of our social. Um, it has links to um, you know. It, there's gonna be a merch link there before too long. Yes, yeah, so a merch so, link is coming soon. Yeah, as well as so, a few other things. But yeah, we'll get there when we get there. Not rushing yeah. because I want it to be right. I don't want it to be rushed. Oh, absolutely. And if you if you want to send us a, an email to get our yes. perspective on things like which what happened, you know, on yeah, Todd's got a fan club. Apparently. So if know. you want to, yeah, if you want to, if you want to send us an email and everything for you know you. I mean, we'll we'll get them we'll get them and read them we'll read them on the air until it gets to the point to where we're getting like a whole bunch of them and we have to pick and choose. But still, it's just for right now. I mean, this this is time to get in on it. Billzilla yeah. Prod, Billzilla Prod, P R O D, at gmail dot com. Yep, that's and it. And you can and we'll give you. It's like come on, like uh, I'm still flustered about that. I know, right, dude? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know why she liked me so much. I don't know. Maybe she likes long beard, long haired, fucking dirty ass hippie looking dudes, biker looking dudes. She said know. you look. She said you look like a cute little cuddly teddy bear, and she just wants uh, to pinch and squeeze you. Yeah, but you know, like I said, maybe she likes big fucking scary looking dudes. I don't know, brother. Now, if you if you, you. T- if you tell me that you're going to Des Moines. I'm gonna be like, I got questions, bro. Like, for for one, what does she look like, and for two, does she have a sister? I don't know, dude. I might be going to Des Moines. You don't know. I mean, shit. I'm I'm the single one. I know, right? <laughs> that doesn't stop me. Oh, <laughs> uh, you might want to cut that last part out because your fan club would dry up if they heard you. Doesn't stop me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, cut that part out. But anyway. But right. anyway, um, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can join Team Todd. Although without me, you wouldn't know about Team about, about Todd because there yeah, wouldn't be a I, podcast. I, I, I highly recommend you all join Team Bill because <laughs> without, without him, you wouldn't even know about me. So that's yeah. Join Team Bill. He's the man. I'm just the fucking plucky comic relief. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, until next week. Next uh, next week um okay. Next week is not the collaboration with um with Florida Men on Florida Man. Um uh, no. that that'll be the following week. 
So I I gotta wait from, from here a, though. From this episode, there's one more after that. Then the oh yeah, 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 we got you, got you, got you, got you. All right. Well, we have to anyway. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Until next week. Later. Cheers, everybody.